So I, I think you can make the argument, you know, we've, we talk about the word value here all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple different types of value in the world. So items one through five and the items that are 18, 15, you know, pick a number greater than benefits, which I would say is a physical value, Mm -hmm. are all emotionally valued items. There's nothing tangible about them. It's about mindset. It's about attitude. It's about respect, as we said, how you treat other people. Do you see them as human beings? That's what one through five have, and they have huge numbers of higher importance than coming down to a physical value of compensation and benefits. Hello, and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy McDowell, founder and owner of Generate Your Value, providing life, leadership, and small business coaching services in the Atlanta area. And I'm Zach Levy, your other co-host. I run a nationwide financial service business with my wife, Megan. Together, Zach and I have the intention to bring you tips, concepts, ideas, suggestions, stories, and analogies from A to Z, which will help you to grow your personal brand and small business in such a way that joy, happiness, and success as you define it for yourself are achieved. We hope to use our gifts, talents, and experiences in business to generate value in your life And with that being said, let's move to our topic for today. Hello and welcome to the Generate Your Value podcast. I am Zach Levy, joined with our other co-host, Andy McDowell. Andy, good to see you. Good to see you and good morning. Good morning. So... Last week, we, we talked about culture, company culture, corporate culture from a leadership perspective or leadership, view. ownership, or sort of top down. Right. Yeah. So, you know, the saying goes, you know, in order to, to really understand how to see something from another perspective, deliver the best way, put the shoe on the other foot. Mm hmm. Right. And so that's what we're going to do this week is talk about the same thing, talk about that corporate culture, but from the perspective of the employee or the the other structure of the company, if you will. So, And so I think the, the important thing here is we're going to have two separate lists. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a number of elements that are on both lists. But the important thing to keep in mind is if you're looking at one element and it's on both lists, if you're leadership or or the business owner, your optics or your perception of how things stand with that particular element may be 180 degrees from what your employees think it is. So you have a huge disconnect. So you may be out there preaching outside the company, within the company, that this is a strong part of our culture and it's a foundational element and yada, yada, yada. We're doing a great job on it. And everybody else in the audience is going, yeah, right. Right. Because their perception of it is very different. So 
we sometimes as business leaders or leadership have sort of uh, rose-colored glasses on when it comes to um, where things stand. And you really need to have conversations or throw discussions on the table and, you know, whether it's one-on-one with employees or in a group environment or something that's going to give you a litmus test to understand whether or not the way you see it is exactly the way employees see it. Right. From that standpoint. So important to keep in mind as we go through this discussion. Agreed. And being able to compare the two lists, love that and make the common connections. So to dig in, I mean, we've got, we talked again last week about what matters to leadership, what elements look like from that perspective, but then what are the most important things to employees? And we touched on this a little bit last week, but you know, and some people might say compensation, some people might say benefits, things Mm -hmm. like that. But interesting to to really read into some studies about what employees actually say is most important to them. So the very first thing, and I think we've touched on this many a time, Andy, regarding many topics in business, but the fact that number one, and I'll let you expand on this, but is that employees need, you know, have the need to feel respected in the workplace. Yeah, so we're we're drawing our information from an article from MIT and their Sloan Sloan School of Business from a good deal of research they've done in this area. And the number one on the list is respect. And it's interesting to note in their notes that in terms of the level of importance that the people they surveyed had for this item respect is that it's twice as important as the next item on the list. And it's eighteen times more important than the middle of the list. So that that's important to understand mm-hmm. the the difference of magnitude, if you will, mm-hmm. as you go from the middle of the list. And uh, we've got 10 items for you today. So from number five or six, you've got an 18 times gap in terms of level importance of those that were surveyed through the research and two times as important as item number two on the list, was, which is supportive leaders. Yeah, and so just information to give you an idea of the magnitude. If you want to start a business and so forth, and you're going to have employees come in, you can go a long way with your employees by just doing this one item. Right. Well, and so much of running a business and understanding perspective of your employees and understanding human human needs and human psychology in general. Mm-hmm. Right. Because again, going back to business 101, insert that into anything, you know, business 101 on the employee side is how do you fill your employees needs? That's how you get them to quote unquote, buy the position or buy your company as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, you know, one of the biggest things, one of the most effective things I've actually read that comes to respecting employees, respecting people in your organization and making them feel that way. I mean, one of the first books I read when I got into leadership was how to, how to win friends and influence people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good book. Cause you can, you can contrast, I love point number two that follows this and we'll get into that, but you can contrast a, a boss or a leader, right? Cause mm-hmm. number one, even though it is two times more important 
based on MIT's study, then number two, leaders lead and say, you know, follow me, I'm right behind you. Whereas a boss, which I've heard it put, you know, a boss is nothing but a double SOB backwards, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Nobody really wants a boss, they want a leader, right? Right, And a leader makes them feel valued, respected. And like we've talked about before, the role of a leader is to build other leaders within the organization, which builds their value and self-worth and self-respect. Yeah. So I just want to read here in their write-up about respect. The strong and varied language employees use to describe disrespect suggests how deeply it affects them. Employees describe being demeaned and degraded viewed as disposable cogs in a wheel or robots, or treated like children, second-class citizens, crap, garbage, dirt, trash, scum, idiots, or cattle. Those are... It's pretty harsh. Those are pretty harsh words there, but obviously people have felt that way for them to be using it in, in the survey. So that's what we mean by... Employees feeling disrespected, it gets down to that kind of level of language. Well, what have we what have we talked about in the past, right? Is having a having a safe space for your employees to give their opinion or give mm-hmm. feedback mm-hmm. to let them know that they're valued and that lets them know that, you know, hey, that might not be the best course of action, but I respect your opinion. Just little things like that, even. Yeah. So we're looking at this from an employee side. F- sort of bottom up. Right. If you flip this from top up, we had a, a podcast episode on leadership styles. Mm-hmm. Leadership style has a major impact on this one item in terms of about feeling respected mm-hmm. from that perspective. So keep that in mind as well. And if you want to know what leadership styles are out there, uh, check out our episode on it. In last season's uh, episodes. So kind of tying into number two, because we could, I feel like we could do a whole episode on number one by itself. Right. But for time's sake, unless y'all want to join us on an eight hour journey on one episode, (laughs) (laughs) but having supportive leaders and going back into the leadership stuff, the, the article in the study actually, you know, leaders help employees do their work, respond to requests, accommodate employees individual needs, offer encouragement, and have their backs. So to me, it sounds like it ties right into not just supportive leader, but servant leader. Yeah, I think you make the case that servant leadership hits the bullseye in all those sentences. You know, there might be some other leadership styles that come close to that, but in terms of how close you hit the bullseye on the dartboard, servant leadership is going to hit that one square on. The one word I would... or Part of that I would underline there is leaders help employees. Period. <laughs> Good timing. And so that feeds right back into number one. I feel like these tie together perfectly, number one and number two. Well, I think it's I I think you have a really large hill to climb to mm-hmm. make an argument that you can disrespect employees but yet be a supportive leader. I mean, the two the two go hand in hand. You might be able to make an argument to say you respect employees, but you're not a supportive leader. 
you know, you might respect them, but yet don't go far enough in your right, leadership to to be considered a supportive leader. Right. But I don't think you can flip it. No. We can't have, be dis- disrespectful for employees and at the same time be considered a supportive leader. Right. And so, you know, the I was actually thinking about this and then forget that we had the book right in front of us, you know, the book by uh, Simon Sinek, Leaders mm-hmm. Eat Last. Mm-hmm. Right, being that supportive leader and that servant leader, and literally at company events, I, we make sure we practice this. Is our team eats first? Let me get last. Mm-hmm. So, and making sure that they're taken care of. So, then moving into number three, and I, you know, this one I absolutely love because what do we always start with? Why? Right. Why? Or B. In a different context, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So number three, leaders live with core values or live out their core values. We've talked about this in multiple episodes, but it's really about living the values, right? Being the model. Do as I do, not do as I say. Right. I was about to say it's very hard to get anybody to follow you or respect you or feel fulfilled when the company's mantra is one thing, but you're living out another. Mm-hmm. And that's why... It's extremely important to pick the right people for your, you know, the corporate world, your executive management, if you're a small business owner, who your direct reports are, so forth, because you want them to be aligned with you. Hopefully you mm-hmm. you are living the core values as the business owner or leader of the organization. And at the same time, you want people that work directly under you to be doing the same so that they can then be models for those that are under them. Right. Mm-hmm. And this is where, uh, you know, I really have problems with some of the compensation systems that are out there, you know, bonus programs and so forth. They're, it's a bonus program that, that doesn't really fall in line with these core values. Right. Mm-hmm. Bonus programs have a tendency to favor the financial. Right gains that the company had. And so that's what you're incentivizing, which may be behaviors that don't fit within your core values. Right. They take priority over the core values. When it may push, push leadership in the company to go outside of the core values to achieve a certain quota or a certain milestone to get that bonus, which may or may not be ethical. Mm-hmm or may or may not be best for the infinite game of the company, but best for that finite bonus. Right. I actually, in my career, had to let go of somebody that worked for me. Because in trying to make herself look good, she did something that was against our core values. Did what what she did help the company? Yes, it did. But you're outside of policy and outside of core values and can't have that. So... We're going to have to terminate your employment. Anyway. Right, number four. Toxic managers. Leaders who create a poisonous work environment and are described in extremely negative terms. So this is sort of the antithesis of number two, right? right. With supportive leaders. So now we're talking about something that detracts from your culture. And this is the this is the stereotypical 
boss, if you will. Right, the one that nobody wants. So, mm-hmm. the one you're trying to out survive. Right, you hoping just, they leave the company or get fired before you do, and you're right. just putting your head down and trying to survive <laughs> the boss. And this right. is also what the number one reason why employees leave, leave your company yep. is for not this because one. compensation. Because I mean, I've known people that have left companies with higher compensation because it was a toxic work environment mm-hmm. due to their leadership. So, I mean, again, the the most meaningful deposit that an employee can receive is respect and supportive leadership, number one and number two. Mm-hmm. So, item one, two, three, and four so far are all in the category of leadership style. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, number, I think that, number five, you know, moving on to the next one is tied into number three, right? Unethical behavior. The managers or other employees lack integrity and act in unethical manners. Right. So that's going you're, beyond you're not, not just core values, but you're not walking the walk. Right. I mean, that could, there's a lot of categories that falls under. And notice we're through the first part of the list and we haven't even hit compensation yet. There's not a financial matter in here. Not in the, the first top five. five. So this is this is why I say culture eats strategy for lunch. Right. Because your top five important ones in the eyes of the employee have absolutely nothing to do with compensation and benefits. Mm-hmm. Has everything to do about how you treat people. Well, like you said, leadership style and how you live out your why and how you treat people. I mean, it's everything that we've typically talked about it outside of just business strategy, right? It's the intangibles mm-hmm. that are really the biggest thing for employees. Which well, the quote soft, soft skills. end quote stuff. Yeah. Which I, I really hate that term. Actually, I had somebody uh, this week tweet about it, about that soft skills term Mm -hmm. and making a statement. A lot of people don't like that term. So what would you use? And I replied back, life skills. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people are hitting the heart button on that one. All right. So that's that's halfway through the list. And then we hit number six. We finally get to something that that is tangible. Yeah. Right. So compensation and benefits. And you figure, right, just going back, I want to hit this one more time. The need for employees to feel respected is 18 times the middle more important than benefits. Right. 1,800% more important Mm -hmm. than benefits. Now, benefits are important, yes, but the employees total package if you will i think compensation would fall under benefits yes so it's important yeah because they're not going to work for a not living wage <laughs> yeah they got to put a roof over your head and right. food on the table and so forth but and you've also got to understand you know they're gonna employees are gonna good employees are gonna shop the ones that know their value right mm-hmm. and so are you competitive right if you if you've tackled one, two, three, four, five, how competitive are you when it comes to number six? 
how competitive are you when it comes to what you provide more than just a paycheck for that employee? So I, I think you can make the argument, you know, we've, we talk about the word value here all the time. Mm-hmm. And there are multiple different types of value in the world. So items one through five and the items that are 18, 15, you know, pick a number greater than benefits, which I would say is a physical value, Mm -hmm. are all emotionally valued items. There's nothing tangible about them. It's about mindset. It's about attitude. It's about respect, as we said, how you treat other people. Do you see them? as human beings, that's what one through five have. And they have huge numbers of higher importance than coming down to a physical value of compensation and benefits. Right. And number seven is sort of like number six, but you don't take it home with you. Right. Just perks, you know, how many employees get offices? How many employees get a nice cubicle? Do you do Friday late afternoon get together, social hour? Right. Do you have a is there an ping pong table, espresso machine, ping pong table, pool table? People can go take a ten minute break just to clear their head. Can they take a nap? I think that's kind of the physical environment. Do you have childcare available? You know, it's those type things that we're talking as perks. Right. Do you get to fly business class instead of regular coach? Outside the executive, this, those type things that we're talking about as, as a perk. I mean, I'm not surprised that it's below compensation and benefits, but it is the next one. Right. Because compensation benefits is going to dictate the rest of their life. If you just have a good espresso machine, but a bad compensation plan, good luck, right? <laughs> well, it's about the environment. So, right. Environment was one of the items on the list looking from a leadership perspective. Mm-hmm. So this is employees' term the they're thing, using how for they're an environment yeah. from, from that perspective. You know, or are your walls painted black and it's dreary and whatnot <laughs> in the office, or is it bright bright colors that sort of lifts your spirits? And I mean, it even gets down to that kind of that kind of level when we're talking about perks and environment. And then number eight on the list, learning and development. So, human. I mean, we as humans, we don't, I feel like most of us don't want to be stagnant, right? We get, we get bored or almost, you know, for me, it's, if I'm not, the whole saying, if you're not growing, you're, you're dying, Right. Learning and development, I see this being important. I mean, it's low on the top 10 list, but that's going to allow them the potential to learn both in a formal setting, informally, but better their skills, better their set so they can see, I mean, I would say see potential to move up as well, give them more flexibility or potential. Well, this particular one has some employee dependency on it, right? Mm Mm-hmm. So you can provide all the learning and development opportunities, but if the employee doesn't have the right mindset or doesn't want to take advantage of it, then right. they, the employee, can't hold hold this against the company, right? Right. 
you know, this is this is a little bit of a sort of win-win, if you will, on this particular item. It's really saying for those that really want it, want to grow themselves, either skill-wise, salary-wise, or whatever, have an opportunity to learn new skills and so forth, and then in turn add or bring more value to the company mm-hmm. from that perspective. Because if you don't do this, then you force them to go outside the company to find it. Not everybody's going to do that. I mean, one of the greatest things that Boeing did for me was to provide me an executive coach, change my life. That's huge. All right, number nine, job security. So this goes back to your comment earlier in this episode about safety, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Is the company stable? Can I count on, if I want to, if I really like the culture in the company, I want to make a career out of this company. Is it going to be stable enough that I feel like I have job security? When I feel like number nine and 10 kind of go together, if we're looking at this, because 10 is going to feed into number nine, which we'll talk about in a second. But I mean, it... It's not a good environment. It's not very reassuring to go to work every day and not know if you're going to be asked not to come back the next. Or like me, you had a, a re, you know, number 10 is reorganization, mm-hmm. right? Had a re- reorganization in my area of the company and I lost the title because of it. Right. We did a reorganization and all of a sudden we found too, too many chiefs and not enough Indians in the group. Right. So some some of us in a leadership role had to take a, a hit, not in salary, but in title and responsibility mm-hmm. to the sort of, quote, right-size the organization. You know, nobody wants to have that happen to them. When that goes to feeling respected or feeling important, right? The salary may stay the same, right? But your responsibility gets cut out from under you and you're like, Am I not? Am I not good enough? Well, your salary stays the same, but you end up now being at the upper end of the range of what they're willing to pay for your new job title versus being at the bottom or the middle of where you were. Right. So your your ability to grow your salary all of a sudden gets totally limited, and and reorganization sort of hits home about how humans tend to not like change. Constant reorganization is just constant change, 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 change. And that gets people out of their comfort zone. Right. I mean, both of the big corporate companies I worked for, that was one of the issues. It really struck a lot of people the wrong way when, I mean, one big thing in the fitness industry was once you got a club up and running well and things like that. And you ran it well for a period of time. Then instead of allowing you to continue to run that club and reading between the lines, max out bonuses. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Oh, we need you to go fix this club. That's that's struggling. And it was constant. I mean, talk to people still with the company and, Oh, so-and-so is over here now. So-and-so is over here. So-and-so moves states. So-and-so they move Mm -hmm. so-and-so here. And it's Mm -hmm. like, they, they didn't even keep VPs in the same area. 
it was the same thing is they're constantly moving across the country and that's not attractive to a lot of people. No. That was always a, a running joke within my group of Boeing is beginning of the year, we'd look at each other and go, okay, what color are we this year? Are we blue? <laughs> are we green? Are we red? Because it was almost anticipated in the new year, some kind of organizational structure change right. was happening without any kind of major change in business strategy. You know, it starts smelling of an environment where you've got political positioning happening up in the executive ranks where people pulling and trying to get more resources under them. So their title goes up, they get more perks and more mm-hmm. salary, not even thinking about what happens underneath them within the organization. Right. Start smelling like that when it happens constantly that you just got this big bureaucratic polit- political positioning, maneuvering, try and get yourself in a better position. Right. And that may may work well up at the top levels, but at the bottom level, it's really frowned upon. Gets employees out of their safety and makes them anxious. And next thing you know, they're all leaving. I think that's a pretty good list, right? We only had two items: number six and number seven, benefits and perks that were sort of a sort of a physical value, yeah, sort of more tangible item in the list and everything else is all about emotional value about safety security respect respect being number one mm-hmm. a supportive nature non-toxic environments so i think a big takeaway here is out of everything figuring out benefits and perks in a business strategy that's i almost say that's easy Right, that's it's easier. Easier. It's not necessarily the easiest, but mastering the emotional side, mastering the as we said, the life skills that everybody likes to call soft skills. Mm-hmm. That's where business, especially now in today's culture, thrives. When you take companies like Tesla, Google, things like that, and you look at their workspaces, people are allowed to contribute. People are allowed to think tank and feel respected and mm-hmm. it it's completely changed the face of business and that's who you see thriving well i think a big message that goes missing in all of this you you're looking at these 10 items and if you as a company can score high on all these elements then guess what your culture now starts becoming a strategic advantage mm-hmm. in the marketplace because you're able to attract good people and retain good people that have great skills that bring value to the company and, and eventually to the marketplace and the customers. Right. And so a, a lot of people, because it is more difficult, like to... You know, sweep this under the rug and not deal with it. And when you start doing that, you start decreasing your strategic advantage in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Maybe not right away, but on down the line, you start getting employee burnout and stress and all those other things. And the next thing, and when you do that 
SWOT analysis and your strategy, you start moving culture from a strength over to a weakness. Right. And it starts dripping and permeating down into the threats area of your SWOT analysis. So, I'll go back to my opening statement to sort of finish this out from the standpoint of we have a list. We actually have two lists on the same topic with two different viewpoints. And some of the elements are, you know, like compensation, benefits, perks are on both lists. But how you as a business owner or an executive team or leadership team view where you're sitting on these items and how employees are looking at it may be at opposite ends of the spectrum. And if that's the case, then you really have a problem on your signals. A, you're not in touch with your employees. They're not engaged because of that. And your culture is also going to become a disadvantage instead right. of an advantage in the company. So it's, it's something you sort of got to keep, keep your finger or pulse on what's going on inside your company and make sure that the way you see things with it is the way the employees see it. Because even if you're not highly rated in one area, if you're both in agreement in that, then you've got a great opportunity to fix things, to get your employees to be a partner with you to fix those areas. Right. So that being said, we're glad that you tuned in with us today and went through the list with us. I hope it brought you some value in how you uh, run your business or how your leadership team runs the business and looking at the same topic from a different vantage point, if you will, from across, across on the building, from the top of the building across the street. Right. Looking at what's going down on the street may look very different to you versus your employees and what mm -hmm. are you doing about it. Well, in closing, it's kind of like the show, you know, undercover boss, mm -hmm. right? The CEO, owner, whoever goes undercover to be a new trainee or somebody and see how the culture, to really see how the, you know, how the company is running, but a lot of it to see how, the, what the culture is. Yeah. The processes, the resources, the culture, how they're right. being treated, how, how they're thinking about things. Right. So this was, we'll call this our version of that to give a perspective from the employee side. Mm -hmm. And um, as always, help us generate more value out in the world. Click that little button that says subscribe and follow us and join us on our journey to generate more value in the world. And we'd love to hear from you. You know where to find us. And, and if this episode did bring you some value, share it with others. Most definitely. Hit that share button and make sure other people have an opportunity to get some value in their life. And um, if any of the topics we kind of referenced stand out to you and, go, and uh, you think you might want to hear more about that, just search through our other episodes and give those a listen as well and share those if necessary. So, so we hope you'll uh, join us next Tuesday for um, another episode. We'll be here at the same bat time, same bat channel, so to speak. And uh, we hope you have a great week, a great day, and generate your value in this world. Take care. Thank you so much for joining us today on this episode of the Generate Your Value podcast. If you find our conversations to be useful in your life, I invite you to subscribe to our podcast so that you don't miss an episode. You can find me online on Instagram at The Fitzpreneur, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 
For information on my coaching services, if you're in the Atlanta area, go to www.generateyourvalue.com. You can also find me and my company on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Simply search for Generate Your Value on those platforms. Once again, thanks for joining us for today's podcast, and we invite you to generate your value in this world. Thank you.